everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show. I am thrilled that you found me. But more importantly, I am thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. Yesterday, we discussed Paul's views on joy and serving. We looked into the greatest of all servants over all time, and that was none other than Jesus. And Paul gave us a prescription for success within the book of Philippians. He emphasized unity, humility, and then Jesus would show us how to exude humility by being in human form and dying a criminal's death for both you and for me. And we were reminded that every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. His name is above all names. Paul went on to implore us not to argue or complain amongst ourselves. When we allow strife into situations, that is how the devil gains an inroad, no matter how insignificant it may seem at the time. And when we keep a good attitude, we're a good witness to others for the power of God's word. Our witness remains blameless and harmless in the presence of others. And God wants our lives to shine brightly for the world to see. Because at times our world may seem dark, but the very presence of God's word illuminates it. And Paul says to remain faithful to his word so that we will make the world a better place. And this brings us to today, joy and believing. Right out of the gate, Paul says, whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you joy. He goes on to say that he never gets tired of telling us this. He's doing this for our own good. Doing what, you might ask? We are to rejoice or have joy in the Lord. Paul is reinforcing that the Bible is our safeguard, both morally and theologically. It's our instruction manual for life when we need course correction in our personal life or in our church life, the Bible will give us the instructions and tools to do so. We're alerted if our actions, thoughts, or even our attitudes are falling outside of the lines and we need to be drawn back inside of the guardrails for living a successful Christian life. And Paul's heritage was as pure as any Jewish man could be. He was a pure-blooded Jew. He had been a religious Pharisee who came through the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Abraham. As a Pharisee, these religious men kept all the rules of Moses, demanding the strictest obedience. And then they added nearly 600 plus more rules and rituals. And this tribe also brought forth the first king ever established, King Saul. 
Sapal's so heritage was indeed impressive. He was circumcised at just eight days old, as was the custom. But you might be scratching your head saying, so what? Well, Paul had been one of the most religious Jews of his day. He scrupulously kept the letter of the law beyond what the Judaizers did. He was relentless in his pursuit of Christians prior to his conversion on the Damascus Road. But his impressive credentials were greater than any of any zealot that was currently out there. He bypassed his Jewish contemporaries in knowledge and practice. But Paul's conversion was a grace gift from God. It had nothing to do with him. And the Apostle Paul was a special man. Looking at his achievements, we may uncover why God allowed him to have a thorn in the flesh. It's been speculated it was to keep Paul humble. But let's explore what made up the Apostle Paul now. We first learned that Paul was commissioned by God. He spoke truth. His actions were done in holiness, sincerity, and dependence on God alone in his dealings with people. He was straightforward and sincere in his letters to believers. He had God's Holy Spirit. He loved all believers that he would be writing to. He spoke with sincerity and the power of Christ. He worked among the people and he changed their lives for the better. He was that living example to believers. He did not give up no matter the circumstances. He taught the Bible with integrity. And he kept Christ at the center of all of his messages. And he endured persecution as he taught the word of God. He was called to be Christ's ambassador, called to tell the good news to others. And he attempted to live above reproach so others would not be kept from God from him messing up. He led a pure life. He understood the gospel and displayed patience with his believers. He kept God first place in thoughts, deeds, and actions. He never corrupted or exploited others for his own use. He handled the Jerusalem offering in a responsible and blameless manner. And using God's weapons, not his own, is how he managed to do God's work. He was confident that he belonged to Christ. He would boast of the Lord, not of himself. He had authority because he taught others the good news gospel. He endured pain and danger as he fulfilled his calling. He was blessed with an astounding vision. He did miracles among the people. He was always motivated to strengthen others spiritually. And with that said, he always passed the test. And he was always concerned that his spiritual children would turn into mature believers in Christ. So as you can see, the Apostle Paul was truly humble. As we said, he did not boast. He called himself the chief sinner among sinners because he recognized his own personal limitations among his relationship with Jesus. 
But Paul had compiled quite a list of accomplishments to hang his hat on. And yet in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, Paul is quoted as saying, I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's ways of making us right with himself depends on faith. So as you can see right there in that passage alone, Paul had that switch from being that zealot Pharisee to a simply faith in action and faith in Jesus as what would be his eternal saving faith. And Paul's showing us that we can have joy in believing in our present day circumstances with Jesus. We weren't to look back at past achievements. This way, the old isn't subject to the new. Paul wanted us to know that nothing equaled or compared to a person's personal relationship with Jesus. Walking among Paul at the time were Jewish Christians who were known as Judaizers. They wrongly believed that it was essential for the Gentiles to follow Old Testament Jewish laws, especially pertaining to circumcision as it pertained to salvation. These Judaizers are the equivalent of false teachers. When we're pure, we're unaffected by false doctrine. We're to steer clear of troublemakers. The more we keep to a pure and simple approach to our doctrine, the less likely we are to fall victim to false teachers. And we do this by being single-minded on Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let me say that again. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. In our fast-paced world, it's easier than ever to become distracted by a threat upon our faith. We must work at maintaining our focus and not allowing anything to distract us from our true devotion to Him. We need to guard our hearts and lives from becoming too overcrowded and confused. These Judaizers struggled with pride. In fact, it was a form of spiritual pride. They couldn't bear to think that all of their efforts were for naught. None of their rituals or rules would bring them one step closer unto salvation. These people were reliant upon themselves, and it seemed too easy to believe that Jesus was the way for eternal salvation, not their personal works. This was truly looking at Christianity backwards. The free gift of grace didn't compute for them. The Judaizers falsely thought that their actions of circumcision, cutting, or mutilating the flesh made them believers. In reality, believers believe because of faith, faith in Jesus. Today, there are the Judaizers of our day too. These are the people who still claim that Christianity is faith plus the addition of something else. When the facts are that Christianity is quite simple. Moreover, Jesus created it so that children could understand and believe upon him unto eternal salvation. 
So true circumcision occurs in the heart of every man. This is what is known as spiritual circumcision. Our heart attitude towards Jesus is what is most important. And Paul says that we put no confidence in human effort. Instead, we're to boast about what Jesus has done for us. So let me ask you a question now. Have you ever questioned, am I doing enough for the kingdom of God? How do I stack up when I see movies or news stories that portray others feeding hundreds or maybe even thousands? What about missionaries who are actively reaching thousands with the saving words of Jesus? Well, fear not is what the Bible tells us. First off, we're not to compare our race with anyone else's. God knows our hearts. If he wills an outreach for you or for me, he will make it happen. We need to be careful about judging ourselves and others' spiritual fulfillment based upon the level of activity we see. Some people will tell you about all the activities they're doing for their church or their community, and we might be deceived into a false assumption that they're part of every committee. While I'm not knocking this, I'm issuing a caution not to place our confidences within this false sense of achievement. When we attempt to be perfect, we don't allow ourselves to grow in the grace and knowledge that Jesus freely gives us. Instead, we're bound with limitations. When we live this way, we're drained and become discouraged. Paul used perfection to mean mature or complete, but not flawless in every detail. No amount of law-keeping, self-improvement, religious effort, or personal discipline can make us right with God. Remember, it's not about works, but it is about faith. And yes, the natural outpouring of a life serving Jesus in faith will produce good works, but it isn't hinged on good works. See the difference? Our righteousness is from God, and it's based solely on what Jesus did for us. We are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. This is a free grace gift given to us believers. So rest assured, you're doing exactly what God wants. Galatians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, Paul goes on to tell us, But then something happened, for it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me, even before I was born. What undeserved mercy! Then he revealed his son to me so that I could proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When all this happened to me, I did not rush out to consult with anyone else. So like Paul, God knows us intimately. He chose us even before we were born. Psalm chapter 139 says he's wanting us to draw close to him and to fulfill our purpose he has for our life. And when we place Jesus first place in our lives, we will be able to pass the test, just like Paul. We take care of our physical bodies, but we also must take care of our spiritual selves too. When we actively seek to grow closer to God, we find ourselves passing the spiritual test. In Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24, David says, "'Search me, O God, and know my heart.'" Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. 
God is our record keeper, and He shows us that no human achievement can make up or earn eternal salvation with God. God notes all that we do for Him. When we operate out of a loving heart for Him, we will be rewarded. Paul gave up everything to know Christ and to know his resurrection power. He gave up his family, his friendships, and his freedom. We can also know this same resurrection power and have a personal relationship with Jesus. But like Paul, there might be some things we need to sacrifice in our lives too. Paul tells us that we have this power to live morally renewed and regenerated lives as the Holy Spirit lives within each of us. And yet we also must crucify our sin at the cross with Jesus. This is how we share in his death. And Paul talked about experiencing joy by pressing toward the goal. He said his goal was to know Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to be all Jesus had in mind for him. This would be a goal that took all of Paul's energy. He would not have to set monthly, yearly, five-year plans, or 10-year plans. He had a lifetime goal that would launch him into eternity. When we do this, we must not allow anything to interfere with our goal of knowing Jesus. Like an athlete in training, we can share in this same enthusiasm and focus. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I am not all I should be, but I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So do you see that? Paul is saying, I'm not all I should be at this point in life, but in order to get there, I must forget my past and focus all of my energy on looking forward to what lies ahead. That is key and critical point. And isn't this great advice for us as well? The past does teach us lessons, but we need not dwell there or we won't move forward into our bright future. And there's an underlying current of tension of what we've been or accomplished and what we want to be or wish to accomplish. However, when we look to God, his word says he will direct our path. So we needn't worry. This allows us to have joy, happiness, and a fuller life by placing our focus and our hope in Jesus. And Paul encouraged the Philippians to work together in Christ's likeness. He would offer believers a pattern in which to live by. His life characterized the type of testimony he could offer the world. His life was able to be imitated because he lived and patterned his life after Jesus. He made sure he was not tied to this life so that if Jesus were to come back while he was still living, he wouldn't be sorry. And this taught believers the principle of working together to be followers of Jesus. Our joy keeps us looking upward as we fix our eyes upon Jesus. He is the one who will change our bodies from corruptible into glorious, incorruptible bodies like his own. And Paul would realize that we go through stages of perfection in our walk with Christ. The three stages are perfect relationship, perfect progress, and completely perfect. Paul said that we enjoy perfect relationship because of our perfect eternal union with Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9, Paul further tells us, Don't let anyone lead you astray. 
with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. Paul knew what he was speaking of because he himself was a gifted philosopher. He wasn't condemning philosophy, but he was condemning teaching that credited humanity rather than God. This was considered a false religion. And today we must be vigilant in protecting ourselves from this short-sightedness as it leads to spiritual blindness. Our responsibility is to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, using our minds and staying in the Word of God. The fullness of the Holy Spirit lives within every believer. He doesn't come and go like the Old Testament days. His permanent home is within each of us until Jesus returns for us. We enjoy perfect relationship as we're all declared not guilty as His children because of what Jesus did for us. This perfection is unchangeable and absolute. Man cannot change or alter this. Because of this, one day, we will walk in complete perfection with Jesus in heaven. And perfect progress means that we're growing and maturing spiritually as we continue to trust Jesus and our faith expands. Because this is a daily walk, we'll have seasons where growth is more fruitful than other times when we're being pruned and prepared for more growth. God will perfect us for good deeds. And finally, when Jesus returns to take us into his eternal kingdom, we will be glorified in his image, being completely perfect for all of eternity. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 tells us, And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. All phases of perfection are grounded in faith, in Jesus, and what He has done, not what we can do for Him. We cannot perfect ourselves. Only God can do a perfect work within us. So friends, I hope that you've enjoyed our look into joy and believing, and we'll come back tomorrow as we explore our final chapter, Joy in Giving. And you know, we have said that if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's Son, Jesus, and spend eternity in heaven, then I would invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. Just say, God, I missed the mark. I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your son's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. 
And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show will be available most days during the week. A special children's pod show airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, and what the Word of God says about trust, and many more topics. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this pod show, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure that you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you be a blessing to someone else today by sharing this link with them? Much of today's pod show referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. And you can easily pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word. So until next time, be blessed. And remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus forever. And the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.